Guys, welcome. Uh, we are live with um, Sam here, who's an amateur amateur fan. Uh, this is the the first the premiere, the pilot, the beginning of the number twelve podcast, where it is an English speaking amateur podcast, which there has been a few of, but there's obviously not a lot as the Turkish ones. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a once a week uh, podcast where we speak about furniture, speak about transfers, matches, the team, the coaches, everything to do with furniture basically. Um, it's going to be live on Twitch. At the moment, the time and date I planned it for is Sundays at 6 o'clock UK time, which I think is 8 o'clock in Turkey. It's going to have regular guests, so one of them is going to be Sam. Um, yep. We're also going to have other guests that want to come on as well. By the way, guests have to be over 18. It's not a me thing. It's like a Twitch thing. I want to, I want to keep the guests as adults, so no kids. Uh, the Jellyfish said, yo, welcome. And Hoss, thanks to follow my friend. Um, what else did I want to say? Yes, so you guys can join live on Twitch where you can interact on the chat. You can give your own opinions about things we're talking about. Uh, you can ask questions that you want us to talk about as well or answer and then I'm trying to because there's no episodes yet so I couldn't do it but I'm going to try to get it on softwares like Spotify or hopefully um, on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts and all that good stuff and then most likely it would also be uploaded on YouTube for people that can't watch it live and they just want to watch it in their own time they can watch it on my YouTube channel. Um, and that's pretty much all to do with the podcast. So uh, if there's more to say on it or if there's new things, I would explain every week. And uh, we'll, we'll add to it as we go. Obviously, it's all about for amateur. I'm a huge for amateur fan. I've been a fan since I was a little kid. Um, obviously... I can't say I was a huge fan as a fan as I am now, back when I was a little kid. I think it was about when I was 10, when it first uh, like hit me that I fully loved this club. There's two games. So I was born in 1998. It was about 2007 to 2008. There was two games that I would never forget where I was watching it, who I was watching it with, um, that made me fall in love with the club. So the first one is... Fremature against Chelsea in Kadiko. Yeah, I guessed that. I was guessing that. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. You know, either the the Sevilla that, game or the Chelsea match. That game, I was watching it in like in Turkish. It's called a, a cafe. You can. It's like a, basically it's like a cafe. You can go. Uh, you can play yeah, card games. Yeah. Um, and they they play sports on the TV, and I remember going with my dad and three cousins. And that game was just unbelievable. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off the game. It was unbelievable. And um, the the David own goal, obviously, we all got upset. And then Kazim scores in the second half. And then to win the game, that okay. David goal. Dude, oof. I swear, like, I watched the goal, like, you know, once a while, you know, it comes across on Instagram or uh, YouTube, right? 
and always get chills, you know, goosebumps and chills. That, that, geez, you know, and Emre Tilev's commentary is just uh, next level. And when watching that live, even as a little nine or ten year old, I remember jumping out my seat, and it was just amazing. The second game is um, against Galatasaray, where we were playing at Kadikir again, and we had one four one. It was the game where Lincoln had scored. They had the striker. Galatasaray had the striker called Lincoln. Which uh, I don't know if you know, it's the striker that Volkan Demir like chased across the. Yeah. Him, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> him. He scored like a goal in with like in two minutes and losing to one nil. Lose. I mean, losing to Galatasaray one nil at Kadikoy is not a good start. And then Selçuk scored a goal, and then they scored their own goal, and then Lugano scored a goal, and then again in that game David scored the fourth goal from like a distance. Yeah. That 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 was the second game. Yeah, that was the second game that made me into a fan. Obviously, the reason as a kid I liked Fenerbahce is because I have, so I have a Turkish background. My parents are Turkish. My grandparents, everyone's Turkish. I was born in the UK. They moved to England. I was born here. Um, and my dad, I was a kid. I remember him always talking about Fenerbahce. He was a Fenerbahce fan as well, or still is. And so obviously, when that's what you're given in front of you. That's what I had, and I'm so lucky that that was given to me. Imagine if he supported Galatasaray, my life would have been doomed. <laughs> but yeah, he gave me, uh, he gave me fair much, and I'm so happy he did. Um, so Sam, do you want to talk about what uh, what yeah. made you a fair much fan? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yours is pretty interesting, especially matches, and you know, for me, uh, wait, I wait, didn't sorry. have any family members. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cut you out. Yo. Shellyfish sure, said, sure. Uh, oh, is this your guest? They said hi to you and they asked you a question saying, are you Turkish? Nope, I'm not. Uh, just by the way, uh, hey hey there, I hope you're doing well. And uh, no, I'm not Turkish. Uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, Azerbaijani, half Azeri, but uh, mostly of my life I've lived in United Arab Emirates. So uh, at least I, how do we say I kind of have a Turkish background. I mean, does that count historically? Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm a fan of Basri fan in the end of the day. So uh, that's what matters. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, um, the good thing is, you know, you had family members supporting Fenerbahce, right? For me, it was the opposite. I, I barely had anyone watching football in the family. So uh, not much into sports. But um, but I always, I was a gamer since kid. So I was like, what, around four or five during 2002 World Cup and the, the whole Confederation Cup. So uh, most of the kids in like born in the late 90s either uh, started watching football and saw the first player was Ronaldinho or R9 or Zinedine Zidane. These were the players in our generation. Most yeah. of them, Thierry Henry and all came on. But uh, so what happened is I was uh, I managed to watch like two games in the World Cup, the Turkey versus Brazil and. Uh, I think it was against what uh, South Korea. Did, did Turkey play South Korea? Yeah, they I played. Might... I think they yeah, played so in the group really stages, right? Match. I but... think so. They they did beat them three two or three one. Was it? Yes, they definitely played South Korea. I... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but back then I always knew like you know football was just specifically based on national teams. I never knew what was clubs and all. So there were two players that I was really interested in when I saw. It was, uh, first, it was Rushto, our goalkeeper, and Ronaldinho. So obviously, you know, Ronaldinho was more magic because of uh, his playing style. But, you know, Rushtu's, uh 
I mean, his looks were really cool for me. You know, the whole <laughs> the, the paint underneath his eyes. And I mean, that that really made him like. He looks like a soldier. Yeah. Yeah, I really looked up to him. Right. So, uh, then you know, I started playing like you know uh, a lot of Winning Eleven back then in PS One. So again, Ronaldinho was coming up, and uh, so I pushed the guys at home to get me a football jersey of Ronaldinho. And what happens is. I go to a shop with my grandma, and uh, so the guy's like, "Hey, we don't have a Ronaldinho shirt for you, okay?" So I'm like, "Okay, uh, how come you don't have right?" He's like, "I have, you know, his teammates." So you know, I was like, "I was, I was expecting a yellow jersey, right?" Mm. So the guy pulls up a Blagrana jersey, kit number twenty, Deco. All right, it was a Barcelona jersey, and it's twenty. So I have no yeah. idea what is Barcelona or what is Fenerbahce, right? Nothing. Yeah. I don't know what a club, you know, just some national teams, right? So, uh. So I get the jersey, so I'm more interested in, like, what is this team? So then, that year, Rushdu got transferred to uh, Barcelona as well. So it's more interesting because Ronaldinho is there and Rushdu is there, okay? So technically, I started supporting Barcelona first. Mm-hmm. But indirectly, I was supporting Fenerbahce as well somehow. So then, uh, Rushdu can't hold up in Barcelona. It comes back to Fenerbahce. And then uh, my cousin... He was into football, but not much, right? So one day we were watching football. I think it was in 2004 or 2005 Champions League qualifiers. Okay. And uh, I think I remember the team that had like, you know, pink jerseys. That's the, that's the most I can remember. And we had Anelka as well. Mm-hmm. So she'd be around like 2004, 2005. Yeah, around that time, yeah. Yeah. So what happened is this is how I actually started watching first Fenerbahce match. So my cousin was like, you know, who do you think is going to win the matches? Besiktas was also playing. So I said, you know, I'm going with Fenerbahce. I don't know. Color, I like the colors. And Rushtu is there. So, you know, that's better. Yeah. And uh, that was my first match. So that's how I became a Fenerbahce fan. So, you know, the, the thing was, since I was seven, I moved on to Dubai. So getting to watch Fenerbahce matches was nearly impossible because uh, you didn't have any broadcasting there. But uh, I managed to do as much as I could. And... Uh, then you know then unfortunately the the you know the three temu stuff happened right so then i got more into the club itself because i couldn't understand what was you know they called shike right match fixing yeah i was also like 11 10 i didn't know what it meant and uh when i used to ask the guys at home they're like you know they they didn't even know right they told some kind of bad word because uh, (laughs) it it kind of looks similar (laughs) i'm like what is somebody tell me what is this so, um, and you know, that that's just how it started. And I'm glad that I support. Okay, I do support two teams, but I'm really happy with uh, not specifically I'm supporting the teams for the football or basketball or sports itself. But the philosophy behind these two clubs for me mean more than like, you know, uh, a lot of things I could say. I mean, to a, to, a, to a certain extent that I put my clubs ahead of, you know, my girlfriends and all that stuff. <laughs> and that's why I'm single. That's why I'm single. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's an amazing story, man, of how you became a Frampton fan without even um, knowing Frampton first, but one of their players and then following it like that. Um, have you ever been to watch them live? Or has it always been uh, on, like, a broadcast? Um, what's just been broadcast unfortunately I never managed to get into the stadiums when I was like three years old or four I was in Turkey mm-hmm. with my mom but uh, I was too young and you know I, I, I didn't know what was a stadium and all that was so yeah. that was the only time I got so close to getting it but then you know since I don't know what football was unfortunately I missed out but mostly it's just broadcasts and watching it on TV as I much mean, as I can but now that you're you know old enough you can uh, obviously go to the games yep yeah now um 
my experience with the matches is uh, in 2008 in the Champions League, uh, Fremdsjø had Arsenal in their group stage. Um, they, mm-hmm. they they had Arsenal in their group and they played at uh, Kadiko, which was terrible, terrible game. I think Arsenal beat us five two at home, if I'm not mistaken. When was it? This 2008. 2008 Arsenal. I think they beat us five two at home. I remember an Arsenal game, but that was during Arsene Yanal's uh, time with us. Let's we lost to them as well. I might be mis- No, I'm not mistaken about that match, but I can't remember. Did we play Arsenal in 2008? Yeah, they did, because I went to the game and I went to the game oh, and the okay. Emirates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless I went to the wrong game. No, I'm joking. I went to the game in the Emirates. Uh, oh, which- oh, sweet. Which uh, which they drew nil nil at Emirates. Yes, so in at at the Kadiko, Arsenal beat Fremantle five two, which was terrible terrible game to lose five two at home. But when they came to the Emirates, um, so the way it happened is obviously because they're flying into London at the airport. Mm-hmm. But so it's a normal day. It's like a so the Champions League game was on a Wednesday, so it's like a Tuesday. I wake up, I'm getting ready to go to school and this was 2008 so I'm probably in primary school and we're getting ready to go to school and then my dad goes, put on your normal clothes and I'm like, how come? It's like, it's not a special day in school I have to wear my uniform and then he's like, no, you're not going to school I was like, <laughs> I was like, where am I going then? and then he's like, I'm going to take you to the airport for amateurs coming in around 10 o'clock in the morning they were landing at one of the airports in London. He's like, I'm gonna take you to see them. I was like, cool. I, I get to go see Frampton, and I miss school. Amazing. And then we picked it's up. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. I picked up two of my. We picked up two of my cousins, and then we made our way to the airport. And then I remember League TV was there as well. So obviously it wasn't buying sports back then. It was a yeah. As the main League broadcaster, TV. it was League TV, and they had like cameras and stuff ready to. Uh, film the players coming in and I remember they gave all young children like flowers to hand to each of the players and mm-hmm. I, the flower, the person I had to hand my flowers to was Cousin Richards which uh, yeah, which is not cool it's cool but then he went to Garson yeah okay, it's not Alex and all that stuff okay, it, I get it and he went to he literally played for all of our rivals exactly yeah so it's not the best guy I mean there was better I could have handed it to Roberto Carlos and like you said Alex but the only bad thing is Alex was injured. That around that time he was injured and he didn't come down to London. So I never actually got to see Alex in person. But one of the really cool things was Lugano signed my shirt. Oh snap, dude. He uh so everyone was rushing off to the coaches and obviously people were asking for auto- autographs and then Lugano was the only one to turn back around, come back and then be like to my dad, give the pen. He signed my shirt. <sighs> but get this. Yeah, what happened? Years later, my mom washed that shirt. Oh my god! No. By, by accident, she washed it, and I had like put it in like a secret place, and she must have found it and thought it was a like a old shirt that I I left dirty, and she washed it. And me thinking I've left it in my secret place, one day took it, looked in there, and it wasn't there, and I was like, "Where's my shirt?" I go through my shirts and I see it and there's no signature. 
my goodness, this is like top 10 anime betrayals and top 10 <laughs> yes. anime deaths in the same time. Yes, oh man, it was, it was terrible. Uh, I was man. actually going to make you an offer you couldn't refuse for that jersey, and I was planning to give out my kidney for the jersey. It's a good deal. Right now, uh, the signature's the, gone. The oh. signature's gone, man. I had the Lugano sign it. Obviously, the memory will never go, but the I can't look at it anymore. It's gone. Um, but yeah, so... Um, I went to the Arsenal game, it was nil-nil. And I swear to God, there was one moment in the, in the stands when the players were coming to the fans and like, you know, how they give the fans a little bit of excitement before the game. There was, I swear to God, there was a moment where I waved and Roberto Carlos waved back at me. I, I might I might remember it wrong because I was only about nine or 10, but that I remember that definitely happening. Um, so yeah, that's the one game I've been to. And the second game, Second premature match I've been to is 2019 when I went to Kadiko and experienced that amazing, amazing atmosphere with all those fans. It was a match against Kassim Pasha uh, where we won 3-2. Vedat Moric scored two penalties. So that as he scored the header, it was it was amazing atmosphere. If COVID never happened, honestly, I would love to go as much as I can. It's it's. Whatever stadium I've gone to before that or after that has not even come close. It's it's like you're on a different world, you know. It's amazing atmosphere. I mean, even though I haven't experienced the feeling, but you know what I feel like once I I, I visit the stadium and watch a match. Like I feel like you know that's where you feel like it's home. That's that that yeah. that should be the experience or the feeling itself. Hundred percent. I'm thinking in my head. 100% when I walked through uh, the doors to go to the seats it was like it was like I've come home it was amazing and even though the capacity of that stadium is like near to 50,000 I think it's like 48 49 it feels like there's a million people chanting at the same time it's absolutely incredible man I mean the feeling is just different it's, you know sometimes uh, you get people asking like what do you understand from football I mean you know it's a different feeling you can't express it yeah. you know you've been living with this thing for like for me it's, it's close to like 18 19 years or so now so just a different different feeling itself so it's just really hard to express it but it's just like pure love i can say that that's that's all i can really say it with definitely man definitely that's exactly how i would um how i would describe it as well it's like it's like a religion it's like it's like something you live for, you know. So it's, when people just like think it's just a game, it's weird to explain it to them. But um, it's something that's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, uh, whenever I watch the matches on TV, so uh, before the match starts, right, you see the fans chanting, mm-hmm. and you know, so I'm watching it from TV, right? I start doing the same, and then <laughs> yeah. peeps at home, peeps at home, <laughs> like, what are you crazy, crazy or yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, I swear. The- the amount of times um, my mum's like coming to the room thinking I'm arguing with someone or getting angry or for example like at uni when I was in uni um, I had to share like so you on campus you have your own bedroom but you live in like a hallway with different people and you all share a kitchen um, I was watching a furniture Garcia game unfortunately the one where we lost 3-1 at Kadiko and oh my goodness. so the 20 year win streak uh, or not win streak like not losing ends and I was going crazy like just so angry and they thought um, 
because I was there with my girlfriend at uni they thought I was arguing with my girlfriend and they had to like they had to like come and knock on the door and be like is everything okay and then I was like yeah I'm just watching a match but they were like what like yeah I'm just watching a football match they probably thought I was crazy or something man that that 3-1 match oh my goodness like Vietnam War flashbacks for me I was watching in an office at my workplace with my with my colleagues and all and I I made the bet like you know with, with, with my boss actually mm-hmm. though he's my friend but you know uh, so like I'll pay I'll pay a hundred bucks if we lose right and then he's like sure no worries and then you know I was the, the, oh my god ah, ah, depression I mean oh my goodness <laughs> man how do we lose and the funny thing is, I blame it on myself somehow because uh, first, first like forty-five minutes, I couldn't watch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once I got back to the office, we were leading one nil, around like what thirty, thirty-four minutes or something. After like Cruz scored a penalty, yeah. So I had to leave the office real quick to do some stuff with work. And then I once I came back, first half literally ended, and uh, no, it was one-one. Once I came back, it was one-one, and I was starting to sweat. You know, I'm not liking this. And then we lost three-one. It was, is it because I watched the match that day, or uh, I don't know? It's just another mystery, a theory. It's, yeah, it's, the thing is, France have that kind of thing. Like um, in Turkish, they call it like a totem, where yeah. you you have like certain rituals. You think something happened because of something you did. Like for example, this year, um, my girlfriend bought me the home kit before the season began, and every mm-hmm. match I've been wearing that home kit. Uh, for, like usually I just put on whatever shirt comes first but this year I've been wearing that home kit and so far it's been an amazing start to the season so I'm going to wear that home kit every single game now dude I mean I had something similar to that I was uh, it was in what 2000 uh, you know the t- the 3-3 Besiktas match right in 2013 yes. and 14 season with Yana yeah funny thing I was playing FIFA and uh, I was I was with Porto so Hugo Almeida was there Somehow I managed, I scored like two goals without media, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, once the match was starting, so I turned off my PSP and went went on to watch the match. And Almeida scores two goals there. So since that day, whenever Fenerbahce is playing, if I'm playing FIFA or any football game, I just make sure in the like you know the team I'm picking doesn't have the oppositions that we're playing any of their players. So I don't <laughs> okay, end up scoring, yeah. and I stop doing that literally <laughs> just because of that two 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 goals by Almeida. Yeah, but the, that. That's such a weird coincidence. The fact that you scored two goals with him in FIFA and then he scores two goals in real life. That was a yeah, good game as well. I remember. That was, that was one of the best matches I've Our, seen. Kite, Kite scores the win, like the, the not the winner, sorry, the the get goal to get the draw right at the end of the game. Yeah, we were supposed to win that game like with like with a big margin, five, six, six, six goals or so. Yeah. Referee, yeah, referees. It's the referees, man. Um, talking about. Uh, good games and winning and getting good scores this season I started off very good man yeah I mean uh, it was a bit of an unexpected way of mm-hmm. starting things not specifically us winning but uh, not even giving the opposition's proper chance to take a shot against us especially that last game against Altai, Altai. They, barely, they barely did anything against us it... so that's that's something for me at least it's so weird because we had so much criticism about obviously Vitor came back and he wanted 23 at the back there was so much criticism about that everyone was saying you know they're going to concede every game which we were doing anyway for like the past two years we were conceding nearly every game and now suddenly 
that is a new system and Fernandes has not conceded a single goal in the league for three games. Um, now, if you look into it, uh, I'm just going to say this: in social media, if you look at it, people complaining about three at the back, mm-hmm. they don't they don't actually know how the tactics work. Since again, I watch Barcelona's matches too, right? And yeah. uh, Ronald Koeman was playing a four-two-three-one with Barcelona when he just took over, then four-three-three. But there was leakage on the defense, like Fenerbahce's defense. First shot they take, and you know we we concede. Yeah. So, what he did was he switched the tactics to three at the back, the exact same, right? Except uh, there were like three in the front as well, not as a center attacking, but left and right wingers. Similar, similar style. So what does three at the back bring? A stability in the middle, an extra center back. Mm-hmm. However, playing three at the back simply doesn't mean you're playing three only three defenders. Your left wing slash, you know, the left mids are also tracking back for defense. So you technically have more players at the back. So this actually helps. So you should you should look at it in that way. So and uh, the good thing about it, the good thing about it is right now we're playing a three four three. Um, so when we're attacking, we have four midfielders and three strikers. Uh, but mm-hmm. when we're defending, it's kind of like we have five defenders and then two in midfield and three strikers. And if we really exactly. need those strikers that are wingers, can also come back to midfield, and then it becomes a five. Uh, five four one. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of becomes like a diamond shape that that doesn't leak. That doesn't give any leakage to the opposition team. That's that's what I saw in uh, in Altai game. Even though they were attacking, but uh, the attacks weren't like literally doing nothing. Yeah, to they us. couldn't do anything about it. Uh, yeah, so this is actually a perfect perfect idea. The three at the back. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Vitor Pereira coming back? I know you made the video about it. Um, if you want to say your yeah, opinions sure, on sure. that. Again, uh, when he first uh, started with us, I was a bit skeptical because uh, we were always winning 1-0, 2-0, like, you know, last-minute goals, etc., mm-hmm. etc., considering the team he had. But that was when I was much younger, and uh, my tactical analysis were, 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 in, were like terrible, shambolic, you know, you could say. So, uh, you know, because we had Van Persie and Nani, I was thinking, you know, we should just simply obligate the league and destroy exactly, everyone, yeah. right? That's what a teenager mind be like. But, it's like uh, the names are important more than having yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like, you know, having Messi in your team is enough. But then, you know, yes, Messi is good to score goals. But then who's going to defend when you yeah. don't have any, right? So, uh, like, once they announced Vitor Pereira, I was still okay with it. I, I didn't really say Vitor Pereira was any bad coach or anything. But uh, the expectations were different with what our president then gave us uh, during his interview and then getting Vitor Pereira was uh, again for me it wasn't an issue but uh, it kind of was a bummer because you they ended up saying Bielsa of course I mean everyone mm-hmm. would want Bielsa right but uh, we got Vitor Pereira and you know I'm actually glad we got we get Vitor Pereira I'm actually more than happy right now because uh, the guy is a man of vision He's a revolutionary guy. You know, again, yeah. I mentioned it to you earlier. He's like Che Guevara for us. At the <laughs> he revolutionized the whole team. He did, he did. And it feels like a completely different team. I mean, we have some players still from last year, but it feels like a completely different atmosphere. Team is morale is completely different, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, while watching the matches, I am not I don't have any stress. That's that's uh that's not something that I'm so used to, you know, especially I know. for the past five years. Supporting two teams with like you know really 
uh, horrendous uh, five years, but uh, it just feels uh, good. Uh, fresh air. By the way, guys, if you don't that. know, Sam also supports Barcelona. That's the other team that he's referring to. Yeah, two teams. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess you know. It's weird as a furniture fan to not feel like straight... I, I always used to say for like the last couple of years, for for furniture to win a game, they need to concede first. They don't. Yeah. They don't go and score the goal first. Like I swear to God, for the last two years, it's always been like this. I don't know if you've realized this as a fan as well. We would always start off the match and then go one nil down, and then that's the only way they will go on to win two one or three one or three two or whatever it is or draw one one. It's yeah, just... and the worst part, right? Uh, the worst part is. First shot they take it goes in. Yeah. The first one. Yes, exactly. It was uh it was like a roller coaster for fans, but this year, this season started off and it's weird to see the team go on to score one, two goals yeah. without conceding. It's I mean I'm very happy about it, of course, but it's a weird feeling for a fan, you know? Yeah, I'm not used to it. I'm not used to this much <laughs> love. Man. I'm not used to it. This is I've never <laughs> I mean, then introduce this thing. <laughs> yeah, um, you spoke about the game uh, against Alta, which was our last game. Obviously, then we had the international yeah. break, which we're going through now. Um, the squad looked very, very good. I mean, I've got some notes here, um, and then you feel free to add as well. I mean, we'll speak yeah, about sure, all the sure. all the players that played, and then the team in general. Like, for example, I'll start from the goalkeeper Alta, who has been like a savior. Don't know how you feel about him, but he came. Yeah. Uh, I think he came in 2019. He was young. Yeah, he came in, uh, basically, uh, Arsenal came in halfway of the season after mm-hmm. Koku left, and the next season we signed him alongside Vedat Muric. And I actually want to thank. I mean, obviously he's not listening, but thanks to Arsenal because, <laughs> from what I I heard, he was the one pushing for Altai and Vedat's transfers. So uh, both amazing man, transfers. Man. Yeah, big both. man, definitely. Altai has been he, when he first came he was a bit rough uh, he still has a lot of areas he can improve on uh, for example like when he comes out to catch a ball or something like that but yeah. but in the last two years he's been a saviour for the team and this season he started off very good I mean the only notes I have literally for him in the game is didn't have much to do uh, he stopped a yeah. couple of free balls he had a little uh, like a panic moment when he came out of goal and he had the ball but even then, I mean, for a normal goalkeeper, that's a panic moment. He was so calm and he just passed the ball. And again, there was no stress for him, the team, the fans. Uh, he's just had such a good start. Um, anything else you want to say about him? No, I mean, uh, Altai, last season, he carried us, honestly. Yeah, he did. He was actually the main man pushing us, you know, for the top flight. Those saves are unreal, especially the one v ones. You know, there's only a few keepers mm-hmm. that can do that, and one of them is Tershtigan, and the other one's Manuel Neuer. Who were both world class keepers. Yeah, and you know he was doing it. Yeah, obviously, you know, but uh, he does have some. Uh, what do you say? Uh, spaces that he lacks on, but no. you know, you can't have them all. You can't have them all. That's exactly. just how life is. And the, the Every it's keeper good. has an issue. It's good that he has that because he's still young. He can work on those things, you know. Exactly. Seeing his his you know his uh, weaknesses is just simply improve that. Exactly. Uh, the next person I have some notes on is Tisserand. Uh, I said he this season is a big surprise. He has become very calm and composed. Um, in the season before, he used to do things that were so rash, like he would. 
rush his uh, what he wanted to do and he panicked a lot but this year he's like I said he's so calm and composed he's improved a lot and his form so far this season has been consistent I can see him being a solid defender for for us this year yeah uh, I mean currently watching Tisserand is like you know he's cool as an ice cream out of a fridge is that <laughs> yeah. cool honestly very very calm you know he he was actually that kind of player in Wolfsburg yeah because uh I, I used to watch Bundesliga matches here and there because it was broadcasting on TV, so why not? Uh, okay. Once I'm bored. Uh, he, he's always been a decent centre-back. I mean, I've always liked him and I really rated him decently for myself as well. When I used to play curry modes and all, I'd always sign yeah. uh, this around because he was a fast centre-back. Yeah. Uh, Which in, he's, he's I'm assuming you're talking about FIFA, yeah? Yeah, FIFA. Yeah, uh, a fast centre-back in FIFA is very important. <laughs> yeah, but mostly it was curry mode, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't want to have a silver centre-back in, uh, in ultimate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely the next guy is I uh, know he's definitely one of your favorites uh, Attila Zalai my man he's a guy the man himself <laughs> he's do you know what's the funny thing is he's become like this big star in the team but he got transferred during the same transfer window as Mesut Ozil and he was like such like a little quiet transfer. It just happened, a couple of pictures. Um, and he was just like, that's it. We signed someone called Attila Zalai, a young centre-back. And there was like no hype around him. And now suddenly he's like become this like God-given saviour, which is like, he's amazing. He's just, there's, I've got nothing bad to say about him, honestly. Dude, I mean, Attila... Just uh, he to, see for me, I loved Lugano so much. Yeah. Like I loved Lugano. His aggression was my thing as a kid while watching him. Right, just insane. The like I see a lot uh-huh. in Attila. Not only the aggression. No one can be as you know aggressive aggressive as uh, Lugano, Lugano, but yeah. you know, Attila is more like more calm version of him, but more of a fan inside the pitch. You know that mm-hmm. that Antalya match. Not Altai, Antalya match, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the way when the fans were clapping for him, right? And, and, and he's he putting arms back. in his air, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, dude. Just like, how can you not love this man? How can he's my favorite player in the team? I swear, he's just like, you know. Ah. No, he's he's amazing. He's like, the, the, here's my notes on him solid and strong as always, calm and composed, making the right passes, amazing in the air. Exactly. Always winning headers. Uh, this guy was a gift from us, from God. That's what I've. Yeah, that's my notes, um, and the, the Lugano comparison I can see as well. And the aggression, obviously, is not as high as his Lugano was crazy. I remember him when he used to run to the refs. He always used to put his hands behind his back as if he's like stopping himself from beating them up. Um, but but he's definitely he's definitely got that same passion, uh, and he's got the technique, man. He's he's not a fluke. He's definitely not a fluke. He's. This kid can be a star, like, he can go on... I mean, if I was a scout for Barcelona, I would sign uh, uh, sign Attila after two seasons. The reason, I don't want Fenerbahce to lose him right now. Yeah. I want want a centre-back from Barcelona as well. (laughs) The (laughs) the thing is, I would happily do that. In two years, if he he will improve as well, um, and he's obviously... Frambridge is a kind of club where it's not it's not a Barcelona you need to get young players you need to make them good and sell them on for as much as you can that's what the plan for Frambridge should be right now and then when you keep doing that system eventually you can start buying the big players 
and bringing them in. Uh, that would, if something like that happened, that'd be great. Obviously, Attila for the next two years, bring him to a very high potential, sell him off for millions. Yeah, definitely. Like he's, he's left foot alone. You know, you don't have many left footed uh, center backs that can yeah. pass. Exactly, and the good thing about me uh, at the moment, because we don't have a lot of people that can play in left wing back, obviously, is is Ferdi, and then uh, Janer is. I don't think he's going to be in the team this year. He's having and transfers. Novak's injured, uh, Novak's injured exactly. So the good thing about Attila is he, he goes into that left wing back spot like that's been his position his whole life. Yeah, personally, I think you know uh, if push comes to shove. We can even play him in CDM as well. He can fit that mm-hmm, spot too. Mm-hmm. He's he's a very good player, man. Uh, and then we have Kim, which is one of our new signings, uh, which we'll go on to talk about in a bit. We'll talk about transfers. Uh, I said he's still raw, uh, and he's trying to get settled in. Obviously, the Chinese league, very different to the Turkish league. Uh, so he's still going through that settling in adjustment. He's in, he's in a new t- team as well. Um, I said, yeah, he needs time to adjust to the Turkish league play style. He's making a like one or two pass mistakes, uh, but he's he's been all right as well. Um, and hopefully soon, once he adjusts to the team, he's gonna be completely solid as well. Oh, personally, other than uh, see uh, when when people were making comments about him because uh, I haven't watched him. I've mm-hmm. never I've never really heard about him. Maybe I might have seen him in South Korea matches, you know, these World Cup matches and all, but never really paid attention. Uh, what, what people were saying was he was a really technical player, you know, with his foot, right? Uh, now, once we saw him play, he did have a lot of, not a lot, but he did have a couple of uh, misplaced passes. However, he made up for them as well. So, <clears throat> it's like he does make mistakes, but then he, he, he wins regains the ball back, his, yeah. But yeah, you know, he gets them back. I mean, that you can say because uh, he made this uh, interview with, with uh, I think with Mesut he made one. I'm not mistaken. He said like he didn't play football for two months or something, and he didn't really train that much. So these are understandable, especially just as you mentioned, you know, coming from a Chinese league uh, to a different league. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I feel like after this international breaks, you know, he should, he should be fine. You know, yeah, it definitely. He'll get settled in and he'll adjust to the team. I can see him playing very solid, man. He's gonna. He's. I think he's a good transfer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Nazem is the next player. Uh, I said he he was okay, not as explosive as he was in the Helsinki game, the one where he got two assists. Uh, we won five one, I think it was a five two. Five two. Five two. Um, but he did everything that was expected of him, and he also got an assist, which obviously he didn't mean to, but the Ferdi goal was technically his assist. So all in all, like he's doing what he needs to. And he gets a lot of criticism for so for example on the Reddit, um I see a lot of people don't actually like him, but I think he's decent. I think he's like he, he can do the job, you know. Yeah, I mean uh for all those uh disliking uh Nazim, I respect their opinions but I disagree. Mm-hmm. Since uh for me even since last season, uh I don't know why oh he got injured and he got COVID then uh at all cloud started uh, cutting him off for Gakan, which yeah. was a big mistake in my opinion because he was doing perfectly fine for like nine matches in a row. Yeah. But uh you know, you can't always expect your right backs to be Dani Alves all the times. There's a reason because uh the wing back spots are usually one of the most tiring spots in football because you have to go front and back all the time. It's constant up and down, yeah. 
Yes, because I played, I mean, when I used to play football, uh, I was really fast, so was not anymore. But, <laughs> uh, so I always had to go back and front. Although my original position was midfield, I used to like to pass around with the ball. That was my thing. But uh, since I had the pace, you know, they're like, you know, you just go play as a left back. It was insanely tiring and, you know, you were prone to making mistakes because your, your legs would be end up being dead by the time you go. Yeah, like go jelly. Yeah. Like 10 times, yeah. So that that's, I mean, it's understandable. He can make mistakes, but, you know, how could you say? He's a, he's a solid player. He's like a first-team player, in my opinion. And uh, since we got Brock as well, so I think he's, he's, he's fine for that spot. I think he's, he's definitely fine as well. I mean... We can't expect everyone in the in the team to be a ten out of ten. If he's an eight out of ten and he does the job, he's he's good. I mean, so far he's good enough. I haven't seen him do anything bad. Oh, I uh, want to mention this one thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry to cut you off. I no want problem. To mention this one thing. Sometimes, uh, in a specific system, a couple of players might not shine, but that's their role. They're exactly. not supposed to, and they're not meant to shine in that system. Exactly. They have a specific role. You know, they go front and back. That's that's their role. Yeah, they like, might not tackle and win balls, but you know, uh, that's that's their role given by the coach. We don't know that. The coach knows that. It's just that, you know. Exactly. So, like, basically, in my notes, I said he's not as explosive as the Helsinki game. He's not gonna. You can't expect him to get two assists every game, but he still did his role. He still did his job. He defended well. Put the passes out. Put some crosses in. He's doing his job, and that you can't exactly like you said. You can't expect every player to shine. Um, but a player that did shine, uh, Mr. Ferdi, he's absolutely come out of his shell in that game. Um, I said he has improved defensively by a lot. That left wing back position, I thought he wouldn't be up for it. Like I thought, I thought he wouldn't be able to do the defensive side of things, and he has improved his defense and his ability to uh, use his strength, his ability to slide tackle into. Strikers uh, coming towards him, you know, he's developed a lot. He makes strong tackles, and he also intercep- intercepts the ball when he needs to. Uh, he's starting to fit into the role of a left wing back. Um, he scored an amazing goal. Uh, he kept the ball on. He, he won the ball, and then he, from distance outside the box, smacked it in. Uh, he got a great assist as well. Um, he played amazing, man. Yeah, now getting into that, the goal he scored was quite similar to the one he scored against Gustafe as well. The two goals in uh, 2019 season mm-hmm. with, uh, I think it was with Arsene Yanal still coaching us. He scored pretty much a like similar goal to that against Gustafe. So it was, it was a pretty similar goal. Uh, actually, yeah, he's improved a lot. I was expecting him to uh, fit to that spot, but, you know, not as this quickly. Still, yeah. there's more matches to come. But uh, so far, uh, first game against Adana Demirspor. His positioning was terrible. Yeah. Not exactly positioning, but uh, let's just say his work rates were bad because uh, they destroyed our left side, especially having Novak there was a big issue. But uh, I feel like Fadi got more con- uh, confidence because Attila's playing on the left center back spot. So he's, he's more like, you know, he's taking more risks. Mm-hmm. And he's actually having proper positioning and proper work rates now. Yeah, he's the not- only thing I, I could say uh, he would need to improve more is his stamina because, again, those spots, those uh, left wing back spot, left back spot, mm-hmm. uh, require a lot of durability. So you know that's that's the only thing. And he, he'll catch up. He's still young. I mean, and his solid performance. Love the goal. Perfect. Definitely, he's he's not as all over the place as he was 
at the the first game, like you said. But now he's starting to fit that role. Like you said, he's stamina, man. If he just fixes that, he's he's gonna be a good player for us this season. Um, what do you think about? Okay, so this is a man that has lots of criticism recently. Uh, Jose Sosa, what do you think about him? Yeah, now um, when Besiktas had Sosa, the guy was awesome. Trubs and Spore, when they had them, the guy was awesome. Mm-hmm. For us, now you see, the problem is, right, he's age and the role he's given. Now, uh, under Emre last season, he actually somewhat performed okay other than his mistakes here and there, yeah. but... Uh, the thing was, he was a sole midfielder at the back, deep, deep lying playmaker. Now he's actually a center mid. Yeah. So that essentially brings up a lot of criticism because you know you expect him to do more, yeah. to give you know more passes to here and there. But uh, you got to keep this in mind as well. We're playing with two left, uh, you know, one left wing back and a right wing back. The left side, basically, Ferdi is more versatile than Nazim is, right? More dribble, more skillful. So you can't expect to you know, out to pass a straight ball to the to the wings and expect your wingers to skill skill in, cut in and go inside. So that's an issue, and he does. Have, I mean, and he did have a lot of missed passes. That's what at least I remember. Yeah. Uh, personally, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to say. I like Sosa, but uh, I mean, I don't think so. He's like a you know an eleven player at this this moment, especially after the transfers we got. So. The best case scenario would be doing is rotate him in the league matches from time to time and just play him on the Turkish Cup games as an experienced player. I mean, he's, yeah. he's definitely... We can still get some sort of use out of him. Uh, but in the current system, or in that in that first eleven that began the Altai game, he because everyone else was so good, he was the weakest link in, in that team. Um, the role that he's playing in requires so much more running and defending from him which is not his style of play you know he's he's more of a like you though, said centre mid cam though I want to mention this one thing he actually does run a lot now that's that's a good thing because despite his age he does run a lot and all mm-hmm. he tracks back like 90 minutes because the guy the guy literally sweats a lot you can see that he's he's trying something but uh, Definitely. for me at least what I see with the system we're going in I don't feel like you know he suits 100% there he's at like what, maximum at his 40% yeah I mean, I would, I would definitely prefer to see like a, a Zaych or Irfan Jan in that position instead of him. I don't, I don't see him starting first eleven. Um, I mean, he's not playing bad, but he's not playing good as well. He's the problem is he's not being able to be his like he's more of a maestro midfielder. And when yeah. he's when he's playing more of that CDM role, he's not being able to proper show himself the way he would want to. I think. Um, yeah. But he's again, he's not playing bad, but we have better players that can play in that position than him. Definitely, definitely. Um, for example, like Gustavo, that's the next person on my list, and wow, has he, he like he's, he's back? He's back, you the know. Guy's back. Yeah. He had lost his form during last season. Emre wasn't even playing him, and the guy's back, and he's doing all these amazing passes. Uh, there was, he's dribbling, he's running front He's Exactly, he's running front <laughs> One thing I noticed is he's, He plays more to the left Whereas Sosa's more to the right He was having so many of these One-twos with uh, Ferdi with Mohamed One-two passes 
and he puts them through or he, they put him through and he makes a run and goal it was it was amazing he's also defensively strong good in the air he's he's back man he's playing really good football yeah definitely I mean last season he, he took more of a defensive approach with Cloud's uh, system maybe non-existing system I mean how do you want to call that but uh, it was more defensive and yeah. many people didn't like that because uh the season prior to that, like the season before that, he was more attacking, attacking center mid, actually. Not a center attacking mid, but he was a center mid with more attacking playouts, with taking long shots and all, and actually going front and scoring. Mm-hmm. But then with Cloud, he was more defensive, so people didn't like that. And then he got injured, form went down, then he got benched. But uh, but Vitor, he's, he's, he's back, you know, he's just reborn again. And... Uh, He's kind of like he's gonna play the the the, the Joseph role that was in Sosa that was in Vitor Pereira's first stint, seems like, but uh, more offensively. Though he was, Joseph was also offensively quite useful for us during Vitor Pereira's first stint. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I really liked uh, Gustavo this match. I mean, so far, not just this match. He's, he's been really good so far with us. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but I had a little bit of a. A little smile there because when you were saying under cloud I was thinking who's, yeah. who's he talking about and then I realized you were talking about Edward Bullet and you translated his surname to cloud oh that's amazing I was like who's he talking about under cloud and then I realized what you're talking about um Osai what do you think about Osai Osai Samuel um, underrated definitely I mean, he try he does what he can, you know. See, uh, you can't expect some players to perform what they can't do. He he doesn't, but he they can improve. That doesn't mean like they can't, but they can improve, mm-hmm. right? So uh, most of our fan base wants him to, you know, cut inside. He does cut inside as well and take like you know power shots, like you know Cristiano Ronaldo score like insane goals. But he's just not built that way yet, at least. He's yeah. performing as much as he can. Yes, his end uh, end product isn't great, but again, if his end product was great, he wouldn't be in you know in Turkish league. He'd still be in Premier League playing mm-hmm. for at least top six or something. But uh, he's he's doing as much as he can. I like I like Sam uh, Bright Osai Samuel. He's, he's pretty good, but uh, I feel like he's gonna get even better. That's that's Definitely. for sure. Especially Definitely. against uh, in Europa League. That's how I feel. The teams that play more openly. And uh, he's going. He's going to be more useful because once the teams are open, they come. Uh, they press high line. Players like Osai Samuel tend to shine more because yeah. they can cut in and use their speed. But uh, so far in the past three matches, again, he's been decent. I won't say he's bad. He's been decent. He does. He does what he's commanded to do. He runs in, tries to cut in, pass the ball. We score. We score. That's just how it is with him. I mean, and um, since he's come, he's been playing more of a right mid, and this year he's been pushed up because obviously we got. The right wing back um, in that near to that right mid position, so he's playing more of a cam right wing, and I like him in that position. I feel like he's got a lot more freedom with the ball. He can he has a lot more space to run into. He doesn't always have to go from the side and have to cross it in. He can run more at goal. Um, and which game was it? The Helsinki game where he, what the part the he tried to pass it into Valencia, but it came off the defender and then Valencia smacked it into the goal. From yeah. a distance, but that that run before that, the 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 space he has, the way he was running towards goal, I I feel like he's going to do much better in this position, and he seems much more confident as well. So it's, that's um, that's a good thing. 
Okay, I'll tell you something now. It's because uh, once you play a right, right uh, mid spot or right wing back, let's say, uh, you only have one player behind you to cover your back. Yeah. On the right side, that's Tisserand. So once you know there's much more pressure. If you make a mistake, then you're kind of screwed because yeah. it's you're the reason the the opposition attack is beginning. But uh, once you're in the right wing spot, you have uh, Nazim behind you and Tisserand as well behind him. And that's so by the time the opposition gets to Nazim, you can track back easily. Exactly, and that's his confidence booster. That's what's making him feel more comfortable, yep. right? Yep. Um, Mohamed Gumishkaya. Oh, the kid is great. I really like yeah. his playing style. He's fast. Uh, really good with dribbling as well, especially... Uh, you know how Ozan would burst out from the middle mm-hmm. when he's dribbling? Yeah. I tend to see that with uh, Mohammed as well, especially, what was it, against Antalya Spor, I think. He took a shot, right? Yeah. He got the boy pass. Uh, he got it out from three opposition players and he, he dribbled a bit and took a shot. And then he passed one to Samat, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, no, the yeah, kid, yeah. The kid, yeah, you remember that, that yes, position yes, now? Yes, yes, yes. He tried to pass it to Samat and Antalya Spor defender got it. Yes. He's he's yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say as well. His his ability to run through defenders at this age is just. This is the kind of things that gets you excited about him, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, since you know you can't expect much at this point, he's still young. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's showing what he's got, and mm-hmm. he's showing that you know he's going to improve even more and further and become a, a key player for us in the next five years or so. In general, uh. I'd rate him like you know easily seven point five eight you know so far performance, and it's very key. It's very key what you said as well about you can't hundred percent rate him on how on how he plays right now because he's still young, and that's one of the yeah. biggest mistake our fans make. We have these young players that do this one magical thing, and it's like okay, he's the next Ronaldo, he's the next Messi, that's it. He's he's gonna carry the team, and it's like wait, hold on this. This guy's 20. Um, the same thing's yeah. happening with Arda as well. And obviously, uh, Fatih scored in the Europa League as well. It's like, just chill. They're young. Yeah. Let, just let, just them, let, let them be. Let them enjoy their football. If they make mistakes, it's fine. Because they're still, you know, 19, 16. Even 16 is crazy. The fact that Arda is playing first day of football with the main team at the age of 16 is crazy. At the age of 16, I don't know what I was doing, you know. I was, I could barely even um, do the half the things he's doing, man. Is yeah, you got to consider this, right? Uh, in sixteen, you know, I mean, the kid is sixteen and he's playing for you know for Fenerbahce and most of us what we dreamed of, right? Exactly. And, uh, and imagine you were sixteen and you'd be playing there. Your 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 legs would be starting shaking up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that that it's just a different feeling. So you know, let them just play their game and you know. Just let them do their things. Don't mind them, you know. They do anything bad, you know. Just just keep your eyes shut. Let them do their stuff. Exactly. They do good, you know. You just praise. You know, they're going to improve with time. You know, you can't expect... Uh, mm-hmm. Can't expect them to, you know, just not do anything and improve. That's not how it works. You know, let them make mistakes and, and you know, they get over with it. They learn their mistakes and continue. Um, this whole beginning of the season, I think even now, people kept saying mm-hmm. we need a... We need the striker. We need the striker, and then suddenly one man returns from injury, uh, Mister Valencia. And what do you think about him this season so far, man? He's he's absolutely shocked everyone with with uh, the goal scoring. 
Now, uh, I got plenty of nicknames for NR Valencia. You know, one of them being NR Pasha, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, NR, NR, you know, more like, you know, Goat, Goat, uh, Goat Valencia. <laughs> NR Goat Valencia. <laughs> and then, then you know, you, you, you go, what's that guy's name? Wait, I forgot. I actually had a good nickname for him, but I forgot the name now. I was thinking of it like uh, yesterday only in my head, but now I forgot. <laughs> if I remember, I'll definitely bring it up in the next next podcast. No, no, uh, but the the goal he scored against Helsinki, you know, the long shot he took, uh-huh. the one that you mentioned with Osaya, right? Yeah. I actually thought he was going out. <laughs> the reason for that is the camera angles were so terrible in the Bolt Stadium. I couldn't see it, so I thought it was out, and then, you know, it was in. Yeah. So I was kind of like, you know, at first I'm like, damn it, man, he missed that. And then, you know, I went in and he celebrated. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, love, love Valencia. I love Valencia as well, man. He's, uh, do you know, he's starting to, he used to be, I used to think he was very selfish with the ball when he used to run past, uh, trying to run past the whole team of defenders by himself. But he's stopped that a little bit now and he's making more really good runs behind the defence um, even though most of the time he drops offside it's, it's starting to work a lot and that was um, which goal was it against was it the one it might have been the one against Helsinki game as well He's what his third goal where he made a really good run and Nazem crossed the ball and yes it was the Helsinki game and yeah, he the, did like what he, uh, a back hit. Yes, he, exactly. Amazing goal as well. But the runs he's starting to make as well. He, he knows, like he's become a proper poacher. Um, he knows exactly where the ball is going to end up, and he runs to that space and gets the goal. Um, he's he's crazy on form. Uh, he looks like he's going to run through the the league this year. I mean, he scored twelve last year. Do you think? Do you think he's gonna get more than that this year? He's got two so yeah, far. Definitely, I expect. But I'm gonna I'm gonna count this in all competitions, right? So mm-hmm. in all competitions, I expect at least like twenty goals to twenty five ish from Valencia. Yeah. And I think he can fulfill that because last season, keep in mind, he was playing more as a left and right winger instead of a striker. Yeah. But funny thing is, he was actually a striker most of his career. I remember, like, uh, again, this was from FIFA. Thanks to the the old days in FIFA, mm-hmm. because Valencia was fast, so I used to play with him a lot. Yeah. He was originally a striker, and uh, I don't know where the idea came from. Hey, let's play him in wings. Okay, he did play in wings as well, but you know he can play as a striker too. Why not play four? At, you know, two in front. But, is that yeah, is know. that during his uh, West Ham days? Yeah, West Ham days. Then he went to Everton. He started mm-hmm. playing as a right wing, if I'm not mistaken. But he was playing as a striker too. I think he suits the striker position a lot more than the than the winger yeah, position. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the next person I want to talk about is someone that's had a very, very shaky start this year, um, and he's been loaned off now. But Samata, what do you think about? He played in the Altai game. Uh, my notes were needs to build up his confidence to find any sort of form. He didn't make any mistakes, which is a plus from him, but he didn't also do anything. That changed the game. Uh, he needs to score a goal to boost his confidence, but th- none of that means anything now because he's been loaned off. So, okay, so uh, see, the devil is uh, hidden in the details here, right? So, uh, you know how Samata, you know, just read it backwards, but you know, translate in Turkish. So, you know, Samata, right? Just in the end, 
add an S, but you know, read it backwards, all right? It goes as Atamas. So you get it? Oh, shit, so it, it does. But, you know, the, the, the detail, the devil is hidden in the detail here, right? Okay, jokes Oh, aside. my days, it actually does. <laughs> He's named backwards, it's Atamas, which by the way, in Turkish means can't scroll. Yeah. Can't uh, technically can't throw, but yeah, you know, still the, the the point is he can't he can't do it. <laughs> but uh, jokes aside, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, seeing a lot of strikers, I can actually like confirm that he was the worst striker we've ever had at this point. Mm-hmm. Especially considering the amount of matches he played. Dude, seeing Samata, I'm kind of actually you know I'm, I'm I apologize to Soleimani. I do, I definitely do because the guy was at least running. Yeah. But Samata, I mean. You know, we've all played football in our lives in, in some part, you know, in streets, in, you know, whatever, academies yeah. or whatever, right? The worst, even if you're performing at your worst, there's one thing you can redeem yourself with, right? Running a lot, trying but not like a headless to. chicken. You know where you're running. You know what you're going to do. You're trying to intercept the ball from opposition. You lost the ball. You run back to get it. He, he didn't do that. He's shooting. I mean, you know, the... This whole Samata stuff, you know, could be like, you know, a three hours documentary itself. I can explain like where did it all go wrong. We should have never like paid six million and go for like, you know, that the guys go to goal. Terrible, terrible transfer. But the the bit that did it for me this season where I was like, oh my God, this is one of the worst players that we've invested in is twice. If it happened once, it's bad. When it happens twice, it shows that this is just who he is. It's not a fluke. Twice the ball came to him when he was near the wing. He tried to control yeah. it, and he couldn't control he it. Legs and, yeah. and it goes off to the side. Like you are a professional footballer, you you got paid millions to be transferred to this team, and you're getting paid thousands a week, thousands even a day to play football. That's all you have to do is to play football. And yes, I respect. All right, you're a professional. You're way better than ninety percent of the world, but. What is that, man? That's not acceptable. That is, that is Sunday League stuff. You know, I mean, you won't even see that in Sunday League. That's no, amateur. Nothing, man. You don't, you don't even see that in the streets. Exactly. That was terrible, and it happened twice. If it happened once, you'd be like, "All right, it's a mistake. You done a fluke." But it happened twice, and it's like, "What? Are you, what are you actually doing, man? You, you are not meant to be here." You're, I'm so happy we loaned them off, and um, hopefully, it's with the option to buy. I think. Hopefully we yeah. get... I'll be happy if we can get half our money for him because I don't think anyone's going to want to pay. I'm just going to pay. You know, you know, you know let, let, let Ali Coach make a fundraising. You know, I'm, I'm willing to pay. You know, I'm willing to pay. Donate to the club. <laughs> to, you know, give extra money to Antwerp to, you know, buy him from us. Yeah, it's like a win-win Samata edition, isn't it? Yeah, I swear. Samata all, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think about Serdar as he came on at the end of the Altai game? Um when I think uh, Kim had got injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, personally, I like Serdar. I always liked him since his Bursa Sport days. He's a solid Turkish centre-back. Yeah, he does make mistakes here and there, but uh, he's a great backup player. I mean, uh, if your backup centre-back is Serdar Aziz, then that means your defence is actually really good. You got to consider that as well. Yeah. So, uh, uh, decent performance. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say as well. He's always been... Um good for us at the back I don't think he's going to be a starter this season which is quite obvious he's going to be he's going to be like a last minute sub if we need him or if uh, injury happens they're just going to rotate in rotate uh, in exactly um, I think he's got good defensive play he's strong and he's 
calm and composed, man. There's not much more you can ask from the man. Um, he's obviously not as young as the other boys, which is fine. Like if we just need him to rotate, he's he's gonna. And he's Turkish, so the, the stupid rule that they implemented. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of uh, helps out giving us well. a hand in that as well too. Hundred percent. Um, what do you think about Zaych this year? One of my favorite as well in the team. Since he joined, I really liked him. But uh, I never really got the, the opportunities. And even the opportunities he got, he actually proved himself to be a decent midfielder. But I don't know why were we why did we keep on loaning him out instead of using yeah. a center mid like that. But uh, I'm glad actually Vitor Pereira is using him in the team. I like his performance. He actually plays like a... He reminds me of myself of my, you know, when I used to play football. But I was more of a passer again, you know. I used to like to pass around and, you know, one-twos, you know, quick passes and you yeah. know, just keep on continuing. So he's actually a proper system-based player. Yeah. Now, again, just as I mentioned with Nazim, right, you know, people might complain, but system, you know, part of the system. And Zaitz, so far, especially the goal he scored against Antalya, that, sh that shot was pure class. It might not look that way, but, you know, to pull off something like that... It's not easy. ...is really no. challenged. It's definitely not easy to place it uh, to that certain position where the ball's coming in that fast as well. Um, yeah, definitely. But he's, he's, I don't know, you know, he's, like you said, I don't know why we kept loaning him out. We should have been using him, but he's come back from the loan. Uh, Pre-season, he was amazing. The season's began, and he's carried on playing great. Uh, like in the midfield, he's got great hold-up play, good passes, you know, he's always in the right position. Uh, he can run up and down, box to box. He's, he's very good this year. I can see him being a good rotation in the, uh, like, not CDM centre mid spot between the two wing backs. He can play. He can play. He can play as a centre attacking mid. He can play as a centre mid. I mean, if you really try hard, he can play as a CDM as well. But he's going to be like, a, again, deep lying playmaker style. Yeah. Because, uh, the reason why he actually, in my opinion, why he fits in Vitor Pereira's system is uh, when he was in uh, Italy before he came to us, Empoli, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They were playing a diamond-shaped football. So when, when we try to hold up the game, it's it's almost the same as well. So he does actually quite fit the system. So that's why, you know, Vitor Pereira... I'm telling you, Vitor Pereira is quite smart, really. Yeah, he, you he, know, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. And he the good thing about him, he doesn't do anything... For the sake of doing something like he doesn't do anything based on other people's opinions, he yeah. just he he thinks things out. He's five steps ahead of everyone. Basically, he's, he knows what he's doing in November while we're still in September. You know, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that's very good to have. Seriously, just. What do you think about uh, Mertakan? Um, uh, that's that's a really. Uh... You know, I'm gonna go with the fan base stuff. Yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. it's almost like fifty fifty. Yeah, they're like people despise him. They're like people really like him. And uh, I'm on the neutral side, right? I don't. I I feel like he's a good player. He indeed is a good player. He does run a lot. Uh, but then you know, what are your expectations from a center mid that came from Sivasspor? Yeah. Like you know, just think about it. What are your expectations? You don't expect him to be, you know. Luka Modric or Andres Iniesta <laughs> for you. So, you know, sometimes uh, this is the issue, right, with the fan base. Since we've always bought, like, you know, big midfielders, but they, you know, the ones that have age, right? Yeah. And everyone thinks it's just going to be same as them, you know? 
the guy has some sort of potential and we got him to me he's he's performing okay you know he did score crucial goals last season yeah. though this season he's been injured so the friendly games he would wait how many friendly games did he play uh I think he got he got injured before or... before the before the adana sport match right Adana yeah. sport game so yeah he did play in the friendly games okay now i remember i see he performed decently you know not bad not the best but you know in general he does what he's uh he's told to again another system-based player you know where to play him he'll perform and i I mean, the best way to describe him for me, in my opinion, is he's a very good rotation player. He's Definitely. he's not going to start the game for us, but he will come on and he will have some sort of effect. I mean, he's not the best midfielder that we have in the team, but he's not the worst, and he would bring that extra like punch in the yeah, after the explosiveness and energy to the game yeah, when we need when we need him after like the seventieth or eightieth minute, he will come on and he will. He'll do that, and if we do have injuries, um, he's also good enough to start the game and you know do the job as well. Right, he's uh, for Turkish league standards, he's a first team player, yeah. so you got to consider that too. But again, you know, you can't expect him to do the things you know, like you know you you've seen other other big players. That's just not how it is. Definitely. Um, so uh, the team in general, we've started off amazing this year. Uh, these are just notes that I have on the team since this year mm-hmm. began and how we've been playing. We've been great in the air defensively and uh, up front as well. We keep possession very well. Uh, passing has been accurate with most players and precise. It's not just passing for the sake of passing. They, they're building up some sort of attack. Um, the, the game with Altai... Uh, that they actually had one of the lowest completed passes in all of Super League history in the first half. So in the first half, they had one of the lowest completed passes for any team in Super League history, which just shows uh, how well we're keeping possession, how well we're intercepting play, how well we're basically keeping the ball away from the the opposition. Uh, very explosive start to the season. It's been... Uh, passionate it's been strong it's been fast the team is just doing really good i mean there's i can just keep repeating myself but they're doing really good that's the best way to sum it up really now um when you look into it or uh have you have you ever watched atalanta play uh no i don't watch a lot of the italian league okay so i watch in champions league now that's why i'm giving the example uh, mm-hmm. gasparini their coach right plays yeah. a kind of similar Technically, we're playing kind of similar to his style because uh, he's been implementing that for a while now. So, uh, what they do is they press insanely when needed, and then when they they come back to defend, they become a compact uh, team. So, what happens is right. Let's say if they're attacking from the right side, yeah, everyone on the pitch except a you know, specific you know left winger or left mid, right, stays on that spot only. Mm-hmm. Rest of the players try to block the right side completely so they don't have any any position to get the ball to the front players of the the opposition team so we're playing kind of similar to that and uh the best part is we don't we don't let them even get the ball to any of their front players all they can do is like pass at the back a bit and then they lose the ball so they just have to kick the ball up up uh, up ahead and our defenders end up covering it that is a great analysis and i've never watched them play but now that you said that, I'm gonna have a look at how they um, 
some highlights of Atalanta and it, 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 it that is exactly how Frank Richard plays man it's like a wall at the back and then when it's attack proper pressure on on the other, other, other team plus uh, one more thing with our passes if you pay attention you can see we're actually forming triangles with three players and yes. passing so this actually helps a lot to get front so exactly like you know I'm telling you I mean, you know, the way Pereira has built the system so far, but again, I want to mention, this is not 100% complete. Yeah. This needs another five or ten matches more to be 100%. So we're going to see mistakes here and there. That's, that's you know, uh, undeniable. You, we'll, we'll be going through that. But once it's fit, then, then we're good to go. Do you know what the exciting thing is, though? The fact that the system is still not set in and it needs another five or six games, like you said. And they're playing this good so far. It's just it's exciting to see what the football is going to be like in five or six games. You know, I want to see for amateur when we're playing in January. What's that team going to be like? You know, how how good is that system going to be set in place? Are we going to be winning games like five nil? You know, scoring goals like the Helsinki game. It's going to be it's going to be an exciting year this year, man. Um, especially with the new transfer arrivals. There's a lot of people to speak about. Um, we'll go through each one very briefly. We won't go into too much depth uh, in in this episode of the podcast. We'll leave that for another one, but we'll go through each one. Um, let's go through the arrivals first. We'll, uh, the first one I got here is Rossi. So Diego Rossi. All right. Uh, personally, other than highlights, haven't seen much. All right. Mm-hmm. I I don't watch MLS. I mean, I used to check the the highlights with the. When Ibra was there, but I don't remember uh, Rossi being there. Maybe I've, I've missed him out. But uh, from what I've seen, he's like Pelkas, but, you know, uh, what do you say? Twice the better than Pelkas, you can say. Though I love Pelkas, but, you know, Rossi's younger and I feel like he's got more potential. And he's already good. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, you know, as a transfer, I'd rate him at least like 8.5. Because mm-hmm. I haven't seen him, so I can't give ten. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, at least I'm expecting like a minimum fifteen goals contribution, including assists. I mean, um, he. If you look at his career stats, his assists and goals. I think it's like 170 games. He's got 70 goals and about 20 or 30 something assists. So within, he's like he's got like a goal or an assist every two games. So if one game he doesn't have one, the next game he's got a goal or an assist. Uh, I don't really know much about him as well. I, I don't really watch a lot of MLS, but he's when right now coming to us before coming to us, he's the highest, uh, most valued MLS player, which is yeah, which is eighteen million, twenty million ish. It was yeah, about that much. He's to bring in the most valued player from another league that's basically around the same level. I would say obviously MLS is in America, so we don't see them in Europe. But in terms of the like the league, lots of good young players coming through, lots of big old uh, player names. It's very similar to the Turkish league, not in terms of play, but in terms of how the league is built. To bring in the most valued player, that's a big move. And uh, like you said, he reminds me of Pelkas. Uh, he's, he's 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 he can make. A good career in Frankfurt. Let's just say that if he if he sees it as a long term career, he can have a very good career. But I don't think it will be. I think this is his uh, stepping stone to 
Europe. Obviously, coming from America, he's going to play in Europa League. Hopefully, next season he stays with us and we can go to the Champions League. But I think this is like more of a stepping stone to Europe for him. But I, I'm, I mean, I'll be happy with that as well. As long as he helps us become champions this year, helps us uh, go far in the Europa League, I'm very happy with that. Personally, um, with most of the transfers we've gotten so far. I feel like uh, after two years, once we hit the Champions League and you know our stint, uh, basically that year's Champions League is over and the farther we go, mm-hmm. uh, the next season I don't think so. We'll have the most of the players that we have on our current team. The, yeah. Most of them will be going to much much bigger uh, leagues at least. But uh, even for two years, considering the achievements, hopefully we'll be getting in, in the, the Europe and in the league and all, and the money they'll bring in. I hope. Uh, the money will be spent on the right transfers. As Hopefully. long as Vitor Pereira is there, I think it should be that way as well. So, yeah. I mean, in the way Vitor and the, the board um, is building the team, is it seems like Vitor is looking for a long-term contract. He's not looking for like a one season and become champion and then move on to another European or whatever team. Uh, but last time around... I think he also wanted to have a long-term contract, obviously because he came second uh, that season as Zildjian passed him on and bringing someone new. But this time round, I think he's building a young team that he wants to be in charge of for the next two, three years. And hopefully if another contract extension, he will continue to be in charge of this team. I don't think he's looking for a make-us-champion-and-leave type of season. No, no, definitely not. I expect at least I'm expecting it's, it's going to stay three seasons. Uh, his contract, I think, expires in 2023. So he's got this season, next season, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, even if, if like, you know, we perform really good, the best case scenario for him if he's going to leave is either going to be the Portuguese national team or, like, a top team in, in Europe. Yeah. And the the thing is, as as in terms of Ferbature point of view, not his side, I want him. Or, I mean, he just happens to be the one that I want it with. But I want a manager that stays with us for like more than one year. We be- in the last five years, we barely had a manager that stayed more than half the season. You know, Edward Bullet was the only one that had a majority in the season, especially in that year when uh, Koku came. We we had like three, four different managers. And that, that kind of thing also messes up the team because they have so many new people coming in and telling them what to do. Uh, I think I won. Like, uh, it happens in the uh-huh. Premier League a lot, you know, with like teams like Arsenal. And, uh, well, not Arsenal's not a good example, but they had it with Wenger. But teams like Manchester United as well, they have... Or Liverpool, where Klopp is a very good example. They have managers that come in and they allow them time to build their team, set up their system, and then just achieve all sorts of amazing stuff yeah I mean if you look at it uh, Klopp wasn't successful for like two three seasons mm-hmm. it took him like two to three seasons to be successful and to implement his style and again uh, thanks to Barcelona paying for uh, Coutinho and the money that they bought Van Dijk and Ali Song technically yeah. we gifted them the Champions League and Premier League <laughs> but I'm not gonna get into that uh, but uh, again uh even in a worst case scenario, the the board should be prepared. You know, it's it's life. You can't expect. You know, uh, yeah, someone comes to Vito Pereira after a successful Euro two, and uh, you know, 
offers them a, a deal that they can't refuse. So I hope they already have planned to be planned, you know, yeah. just in case. Even, even you know, I don't want it to happen, but let's say, you know, so far everything is, you know, uh, you know, beautiful, great and lovely. But what if things go wrong? Right? 100%. So I, yeah. So is there a B plan? Not like last season when, you know, Cloud was uh, sacked and we didn't have a proper B plan. So, you know, they should always have a... I'm not saying, you know, be in contact with this coach, you know, from Europe or whatever. But, you know, keep like, you know, keep uh, scouts bay on that coach to see how is he performing in case anything goes good or bad, you know, to have a B plan. 100%. 100%. Was, they were only five games in. And obviously, even though the football was amazing and we're not conceding goals... It is only five games in. Anything can still happen. The season's a very long season. We're going to have yeah. 50 to 40 more games to play. So anything can change. But hopefully it doesn't. Um, the two recent transfers, uh, Berisha and um, Maya, what do you think about them You know, coming in from the Bundesliga? I mean, one from the German Bundesliga, one from the Austrian Bundesliga. What do you think about those two players? Um... Maya had a lot of potential. I remember again, uh, thanks to FIFA. Most of the most of the players that that right now twenty four, twenty five ish. I've I've played with most of them. The, <laughs> now watched them a lot. But... The FIFA you're talking about is about FIFA fifteen or sixteen, right? With Maya. No, it was thirteen or something. Thirteen or really? Yeah, you thirteen. Was, yeah, 13 you're, a, you're a better scout than me. Then you had them back then. I I, I realized them in about fifteen or sixteen. No, I mean, I, I, I had him on my team. I used to buy him for my team because he had a lot of potential, so I could sell him for money. I was uh-huh. just playing it for the money. Not, uh, <laughs> I would win cups, but, you know, I'd buy young players and improve them and just sell them out, like, yeah. next season. But uh, now his career went downhill because of his agents only, uh, the Rogan management or whatever, right? So they tried. They got him to Crystal Palace and uh, in Crystal Palace things didn't go according to the planning because he was playing more like a center mid instead of a center attacking mid Yeah. and uh, things got worse for him then he got transferred to Köln if I'm not mistaken but then, then now he's a, currently a free agent so a uh, bad career planning but the guy's still like talented and skillful uh, now I'm not going to get into those you know media people saying oh you know he was deemed as the German Messi because Marco Marin was deemed as the next German Messi and ended up playing for Traps and Spore and now I don't know where he's at. <laughs> so uh, so we shouldn't be looking at it as like German Messi. However, we should still be looking as uh, the guy's last potential, young, mm-hmm. German. Germans are disciplined, except Mark Kruse. I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Fenerbahce, expect the unexpected. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, but the, the thing you said about him having good potential, he's still young. Uh, his career's not gone in the right path it could have but he's here with us now and hopefully he he starts playing the football that he wants to play and that we all know that he can play you know he's shown that potential before going to Crystal Palace you know when he was with definitely um, I mean Schalke right guys yeah I mean uh it was unexpected, but, you know, I feel like this was a deal with, uh, you know, the Rogon uh, agency or whatever, yeah. you know, we're giving you Berisha, but, you know, you have to get uh, Max Meyer as well. It was the same with uh, Pelkas and we end up getting Adeni, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, buy one, get one for free. Yeah. So that's just how the deal is. But I, I have expectations from him. Should should do fine, you know, I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, he's still going to be like, you know, by ratings, it'll be like 6.5. Yeah, um, but Berisha is, 
I mean, looking at his career stats as well and the way he plays football, he can definitely be deadly within the Europa League and uh, in the Turkish League. But I don't know what's going to happen with him and Valencia. You know, Valencia's having really good form. Obviously, we bring in this big striker that's going to want to come and play as well. I don't know how the rotation is going to work there. Um, first of all, how did we get him? How was that even possible? <laughs> uh, seriously. Yeah, oh. he. I mean, he was pretty much like under the radar. We, no one even spoke about him. You know, there was so much talk about Serloff and um, who else did we want to get? Those? Bakumbu was there. Yes, Bakumbu and, was uh, there. Yeah. Even Lacazette, man, the audacity, man. <laughs> Lacazette, the guy's getting paid like what, 10, 12 million pounds. Exactly. He's really? not gonna, yeah, he's not going to drop down to Turkish League standards. But um, he was never there for that for that striker talk. And he is one of the big, like, I wouldn't say big in terms of uh, the biggest boys in Europe, but he's definitely there in terms of one that has potential and that can do damage, you know, and... Yeah, definitely. And uh, he was a surprise. I'm still shocked. Like, how did we get him? Like, you know, how did the European giants let him? You know, let him go. Yeah. Statistically, the guy dominated. Man, what he contributed like 40 plus goals. Okay, our Austrian league isn't that big, but uh, Austrian basically Salzburg is uh, the backyard for Leipzig. Mm-hmm. They just like you know play them and then send it to Leipzig and then Leipzig you know transfers them out to much bigger clubs with decent money. It's like their B team, yeah. Yeah, but uh... I mean, even on transfer mark, when I'm looking here, it says um, he's got like a question mark for his transfer fees. I, I, around some places, I saw nine million, but then we didn't announce it to Cap. Uh, so EAP, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I'm pretty he... sure that's about. We have to announce it when it's over four point five. I don't think so. It's nine million, and. Uh... Even if it's nine million, how are we? How did we even try to put him to the UEFA list? Mm-hmm. We can't. We can't transfer uh, if we don't sell enough. Yeah. So I don't think so. At least I, I hope the president goes and announces how much we paid for him in the near future. So clears out the question marks in our head. I, I saw in certain uh, news articles as well that there was I don't remember which European team it was, but there was another team that offered four. Um, that was so- Stuttgart. It was it was a short card, yeah. So I think yeah. then we might have offered maybe about between four to four point five, and he probably preferred coming coming to. Yeah, most likely we paid more salary instead Definitely. of paying the fee. Definitely. Um, and then obviously we have our other signings, which is Kim Dursun, Kuka, uh, Burak, Chatai. Uh, these are all really good names, except one. Uh, do you know which one I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Miguel Crespo? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't say Crespo, but the person I was talking about was Corker, Stephen Corker. That was. A... Oh yeah, Corker. Okay, I, I I didn't hear I didn't hear Corker. Uh, it was just it was just uh, you know let's say uh, it's a weird bad one, move man. from the board. Bad move from the board to yeah. sign a transfer without asking the coach that you're gonna bring in. See again, I told you in the beginning, right? Uh, Pereira was a last minute choice. Mm-hmm. That's why you know the the Coker transfer didn't really make up. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, you know, Alani did perform really good, but he doesn't fit the system. Too slow. And at uh, least that's what we're seeing, yeah. and the coach sees. Ali Koch, uh, in his interview the other day, said uh, we signed him before the coach came, but the coach was aware of it. Um, but obviously, that's that's silly because at that point, Vitor doesn't even know if he's gonna sign with us. So. 
obviously he's not going to get involved in the transfer and if, if it's a free transfer he's just going to be like okay go for it and I'll see how he does but I feel bad for the guy as well you know he's got a really good like uh, redemption, a really good redemption story yeah, he as really well. pulled out his life on track especially after uh, I think what uh, alcohol abuse and all that stuff yes. on himself so it's 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 a good good story but uh, just a bad move from the board yeah. you know, if you're going to praise the board then you should you know tell their, their wrongs as well in the meantime Definitely. Um, I just hope that he gets. I I see him in uh, talking with which team was it? Another uh, Turkish team. Cloud team is going to Aerol Cloud team in Gaziantep. I think. <laughs> yes, Gaziantep. That's the ones. Yeah, and I just hope he gets a good transfer and he does well because you know it was a mistake to bring him here. He's not going to play this year as well. Um, just let's hope he gets a good transfer back and we get some money for him. Yeah, definitely. Money is an important part. 100%. Um, we spoke about Kim earlier. He's he's coming. He's been 100% solid so far. He's still got some areas to improve in, but once he does, I can definitely see that being a good transfer, man. I think they, they pulled off a good one by bringing him, him in. Yeah. So far, the transfer market, in my opinion, has been a solid nine mm-hmm. for us. Even the players that are gone, gone are also uh, pretty, pretty good. The ideal players that were meant to go are, are left, except couple now. Uh, Sinan is one of them, and yeah. uh, who's there? Janer uh, uh, Janer is there and Kolker. So that's that's mm. pretty much it. Once they're gone, you know, we should be we should be just fine. Um, in terms of Burak and Chatai, both great young players that can come into this team. Uh, they they'll definitely be rotation players I think this year. Um good moves as well, you know, good young Turkish players that we can potentially make into big names within within Turkey and within Europe. Yeah, definitely. And uh you gotta look into this way as well, yeah. Uh, personally I haven't watched Chatai, so I just wanna mention that. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him play nothing, not at all. Uh Brock I've seen a bit, not much but a bit, but uh plus a lot of people praise him so that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> we'll see him and how he performs. But he's, he's like a, a Swiss knife. Can play everywhere. Yeah. Left, right. Center attacking mid. So that's that's always a good thing to have a versatile players in your team. And uh, But I've heard that apparently we're planning to loan Chatai. So I'm not sure. Uh, Which it, would, I don't think correct. it would be a bad move because he's a, a right back, right? Yeah, left back. Left, left back. back. He's a left back. Okay, left back. Left. Um, and I don't think he's gonna he's gonna start this year. He might have had a bit of rotation, but I think it's better off to move him on and you know let him have a season of loan, see what he does there, and then bring him back a stronger player. Hopefully, if he goes to the right yeah, place. I mean, again, uh, personally, I would have wanted a a left back from the U team to be promoted, but uh, I guess we'll see that maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, about Brock, again, you know, I just have to watch more to see. But I, I think it's a high potential transfer, since uh, French team Bordeaux wanted him and we got him instead. Definitely. Yeah, so good things, expecting good things from the, from the youngster. Um, and obviously, the only two players left is uh, Serdar Dursun, which I don't know how he's gonna fit into the team now. He's he that first game he started, he played good for the like the first. 
15 minutes before he got injured. Uh, in preseason, he was very good. So it's not a bad move. I just feel like he, he will only get a chance to play in maybe like the Turkish Cup. I don't think he'll start in Europa League. I don't think he'll start in the league. Maybe come off as a sub in a couple games after his injury. But uh, not a bad move. But, I mean, after the striker that we bring in with uh, Berisha and we have Valencia who's on form, he doesn't look like the best move anymore. Before, I was kind of excited about him. Uh, obviously, it all depends on how Berisha plays. But right now, I don't really think I see him in the team a lot. Again, um, with Serdar, you can point it this way. If uh, once you're playing against a completely closed defense, you can play two strikers. And both of them being uh, tall with Berisha and Serdar. Mm-hmm. It actually brings up a lot of uh, open spaces to score header goals, especially against a closed defense. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm still seeing Serdar as a good rotational player. And... Uh, I mean, he's going to play his role this season, since, yeah. uh, especially we have a lot of games to play. So, And uh, I mentioned earlier, I think, uh, most likely we're going to push for all three Cups this season, including Euro Europa League. So Hopefully that'll be a dream, but yeah. I mean, so it's it's good to have, you know, uh, first team players in your squad, even though they get benched, but uh, in rotational in the long, long run, everyone's going to play their parts and be useful to the team. Hundred um, percent. There was uh, another anna- announcing of a signing, which is uh, Crespo, which they didn't really. We were talking about this earlier. And they didn't really do like a big like signing announcement for him. There was no transfer video. I mean, looking at his stats and uh, see, you know, what He's I've like, heard about uh, him. Go on. This, this one uh, subreddit member, I can't remember his name, but he said, you know, he's poor man's Busquets. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Busquets, as a Barcelona fan, you would know, he's a very, very good player, you know. So the, if... Probably the most underrated midfielder of all time. Uh-huh. I mean, if he performs like 20% of how Busquets performs, you know, we're definitely winning the Europa League. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's no coming out of that. 100%. I'll, I'll be happy with that. I mean, I don't know. If I'm being honest, I don't know anything about him. Uh, I've just seen, I've just seen his stats. I've just seen a couple of people's opinions, but I'm excited to see him as well. You know, he's another, he's another young guy. He's 24. Um, the team is definitely coming down in age. You know, our average age has gone down by a lot, which is a very, very good thing. Um, I feel like in the Turkish league, it's all about bringing players that are old that have a name. Uh, but we need to move away from that. We need to bring in young players that might not be as much as a big name as as some of the older guys, but can uh, potentially be better players as they play for us, you know, and help us win trophies. And as you said, we're going for all three this year. It would be amazing if we can win the Europa League, man. I mean, it's, uh, if you look into it this way, it's better than. Ha- I mean, it's better to have young players than instead of having thirty, thirty-four year old players that they can just run for like twenty minutes. Exactly. Yeah. But so it's always good, and uh, again, I've seen a bit of highlights, so I cannot say uh, much about it. But statistically, again, you know, just like that, uh, like that, that guy on the subreddit, you know, just mentioned poor man's Busquets. So mm. let's just hope he hope. does actually become poor man's Busquets, right? <laughs> Yeah, 100%, man. Um, we've had a lot of people that leave us, that left as well. I mean, we'll just go through the names. Uh, if if we go through each one like we did with the arrivals, 
this podcast is going to go on for very long. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we'll just go through the names. Ozan obviously left for Watford in the Premier League. I wish him all the best. He's gone there for Thank loan. You. I really want him to perform well. Um, and we can hopefully get a very decent amount of money for him. Um, and if you, if you want to say anything about these, by the way, just jump in, yeah. Yeah, about Ozan. Uh, I mean... I wasn't always a huge fan of him, but I respected the, the, the times he performed up. But then, you know, he was an inconsistent player. You got to yeah. look into that. And uh, if you're planning, again, just like this season, if we're pushing for three cups, you can't have an inconsistent player in your team yeah. that has mood swings. Exactly. In the end of the day, you know, we are all mature people, you know, all mature humans, and especially you're playing in a big club and you're making a lot of money. So uh, maturity is important instead of having mood swings. So, uh, again, I wish him all the best because uh, he's still young. He's like 26 and can perform. And he's, he's, his dream was to play in BPL. So, he's right now there. Uh, I hope he performs well. And his team, Watford, also plays well. Yeah. And uh, all the best for him. Exactly. And the same goes for Samata as well. Um, I hope him all the best. I hope him all the best. And I hope as he a... stays in Belgium. Belgium is <laughs> a great country. Belgium is very friendly <laughs> towards every everyone. And, Don't... Uh, Culture yeah. is great. Food is great. Belgian waffles. And, yeah, uh, don't come back to Turkey. Belgium's awesome, man. Stay in Belgium. Yeah. Tur- by the way, just to mention, Turkey has has put a blockade on Coca Cola products, so it's better you don't come back to Turkey anymore. Belgium has all the Coca Colas, <laughs> everything you need, cheaper than Turkey as well. Exactly, man. Bel- Belgium's listen. It's the capital of Coca Cola, man. Just stay in there. Um, uh, the people that we have cancelled contracts with one of them is Perotti I don't know if you've seen on his Instagram he's acting yeah. like a drama queen you know like I'm gonna he's announce like every- a, a girl that just broke up with his boyfriend exactly boyfriend. and you know I'm gonna announce everything that happened what's going on man stay mm-hmm. like if, it, obviously I don't know what's happened behind the scenes uh, there's been lots of rumours that we can devolve into but we'll go into that another time but he's like you have some professionalism about you, you know. What's what's this all this social media nonsense? You know, you're a grown man. If there's uh, what's happened has happened, you know, you gotta move on. There's no point exactly. crying like what's mm-hmm. happened. Um, and on his um, Instagram, I saw him going by the Sevilla training facility. So he might be moving to Sevilla in the in the close close times. I mean, he can't until the next transfer window, but. I mean, if he's good. a free agent. I think he should be able to sign for for clubs. I might be mistaken though. Oh really? Yeah, just just the that's how I remember, but mm-hmm. I might be wrong. So take it with a grain of salt, a pinch of grain of salt, or how you want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, Zanka. We I think we got one million euros for him or something like that. Two or one. Maybe, but uh, good that we got rid of him. Hundred percent. Um. He was not going to fit the system. He was been loaned out for a couple of years, so slow defenders. So slow defenders not, not going to fit in the system. Gyokan was a good move to. I would have loved for him to end his Ramsey career with a championship. It didn't happen, but you know he should have never left. He should exactly. Have never left. That's what I was going to say. The he moment he left, for me personally, he should have never come back as well after leaving. Yeah, because it was ne- it wasn't the same, you know. Um, yeah. He was a soldier before he moved for Bishtas for us. He was absolutely amazing. I loved Gokhan. I mean, he was, he was my probably like second best player in the team, you know, after Alex. Mm-hmm. And by, by the way, Lugano not included him because yeah. by the time Lugano left, I know. 
Um, but yeah. after coming back, it was never the same. Uh, good move yeah. for him. Um, I think he will do that. I think John Erickson is going to go with him as well. Those two are like a left wing and left wing and right wing uh, duo. Sorry, right have, back have and you, have left you, back. Have you watched a movie called Lethal Weapon? Uh, I I did, but a long time ago. Yeah, there was like two cop friends. You know, one mm-hmm. of them being uh, Martin Riggs and uh, Detective Murdoch. Yeah, they're like that. You know, unbreakable partnership. Is that the film where he goes, "I'm too old for this shit"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched it. Yeah, they kind of like favorite, that. One of my favorite movies. So you know, definitely, that partnership is there with them. Definitely, man. Um, Ademi, we sold them for a decent amount of money. I think like seven hundred thousand. Not what we paid for him. But, with bonuses, I think we're gonna get up like 1.2, 1.3. Okay, then that's not bad. That's nearly what we paid for him then, so it's not bad. Uh, TM again, he did... uh, could have been kept, yeah, could have been sold either way. Uh, best of luck to the man, the guy's a champ. About Ademi, I want to clear one thing mm-hmm. everyone calls him trash. But uh, the dude barely played, so we gotta we gotta keep that in mind. He played like five or six matches and scored like two goals or one goal and one assist. I mean, it's 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 this thing again with our club is the fans just they just hold everyone on such a high pedestal. You can't you can't just accept that some people are just average. It's like er, mean, everyone's not gonna be a star, you know. Some people are just. No, see, uh, he was tall, and everyone expected him to have good headers. I mean, yeah. being tall does not mean that you're gonna have good headers. Yes, you know, height is important, but you know, it's about how you control your head. Exactly. And one of the best examples of that, even though he played for the opposition team, uh, but Falcao was one of the best examples of that. He's he's not tall at all, but he's. Exactly. Um, uh, Lots of other people got left as well. Sadak, Frey, which we got quite a good money amount for Frey. I think we got 2 million euros. I was. uh, Happy with that, you know. I wasn't expecting that money from him. Cisse, uh I think his contract just got terminated. I don't think we uh, sold him off. Uh, Lemos went alone. Harun also went to Kasim Pasha for a free transfer, though. And Dirar, we just terminated his contract. That one was. And he's in Kasim Pasha as well now. He's in Kasim Pasha as well now, but that um, that one was a weird one. Yeah. Um. I mean, the, the players you mentioned, most of them, I mean, they could have left no issues, but uh, I feel like Sadiq could have been kept. A good yeah, rotation, rotation yeah. He was Turkish, a... cheap. The guy performs as well, so... He does perform. I mean, when he had the chances, he came on and he... He did the job, and not because he had the talent, because he had the passion. Yeah, I mean, you know, they kind of did They kind of did my boy dirty a bit. Yeah. But, uh, you can't have them all, just as I say. You can't have them all. Frey... Uh, I feel bad for the guy. He's actually a proper systematic based player. Mm-hmm. Because of the stupid media outlets, the guy got ruined. Yeah. Last season, if we kept him, I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we could have actually been champions instead of playing Samata. Definitely. Samata was no help at all, man. Frey was a mistake to loan him out, and it, it, he proved it by what he'd done at the beginning of the season. I think one game he scored like five goals. Yeah, dude. Every every Fenerbahce fan knows that Frey and Samata has a goal against us in that Europa League matches. Mm-hmm. Valbuena as well. Don't forget Valbuena and Onyeku is going to score as well. So you know, just just write write like four goals already <laughs> in four matches. Yeah, man. Is it then? Um, it's just written in the stars, isn't it? 
yeah just it's just how it is um is there have you seen any like uh transfer rumors that can still happen i've seen well, who was it that i saw uh, i saw left back argentinian left back aguilar was his name aguilar uh river river plate river plate they call him in, in uh, argentina yeah don't know much about him i, I didn't I, I didn't hear about this one he's a left back and there was yeah left back and there was this right back uh bustos was his name Again, I, I heard about that much. one yeah but i don't know anything but we don't about need a right back Personally, i don't think we, we need, need a right, right back, back as well yeah i don't think we do uh there was a weird one that i saw which i don't know why if that's true why we're trying to do that because we can't put him in the europa league uh Dirok origi from liverpool um why though i mean we got barisha as well i know it's a where weird one and uh where did i see it? i saw it on like a english outlet which one was it um i saw it sports so i'm looking here sports mall uh the boot room uh, liverpool in talks with furniture for origi furniture in advanced talks with liverpool over Dirok origi move and that was five hours ago like we can't even put him in the Europa League. What's the point? Yeah, I mean, what uh, you're gonna bring him to play in Turkish Cup and uh, that's it. Yes, I don't think it's a good move for Liverpool, and I don't think it's a good move for us. I saw Cavani rumors, which makes no sense because Cavani was linked with Barca as well. Um, uh, I mean, Lacazette was there. <laughs> the Lacazette one is very funny, man. There was no way I mean, we're gonna pay his uh his wages i mean i would take cuts if i was like is it i would take cuts and uh come to fenerbahce since uh, he's playing for last senal you know and uh yeah they've gotten even worse than spurs but yeah. you know all the jokes aside he's <laughs> getting paid like 11 million <laughs> <laughs> oh my but imagine if he did come down I mean... and 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 uh I don't think so he'll leave Arsenal because nah, there were some rumors that he's been having an affair with uh, Martin Odegaard so I think if we're going to get Lacazette uh, you know Odegaard to Fenerbahce confirmed as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just spread that fake news man yeah oh I mean... my days um, I wanted to speak about the Europa League uh, group uh, that we have what, what you think we're going to do but this podcast has come to nearly two hours um, so I think let's slowly bring it to an end uh, yeah, because guys if you don't know as well Sam also lives in Dubai for me it's only 7.50 but for him it's 11.50 no it's 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 10.50 10.50 right 3 hours like 10 minutes 10.50 uh, yeah I don't want to have him all night just uh, speak to me right <laughs> much. even though we could I'm sure we could yeah, I mean, but going all day but uh, also we don't want the podcast to be uh, so long as well um, so let's end it on uh, your opinion on the Puma third kit what do you think about it man no badge I don't like it I don't like it I mean do you know what like I'm gonna be a weird one here but it's growing on me man at yeah, first take I did, time. at first I didn't like it but it's kind of growing on me I mean if it's like if it costs around like you know 15 euros or 20 euros okay I'm okay with it but you know <laughs> But if 300 it's... what 320 Turkish liras uh, oh. it's a bit too much for that design do you know what the bad thing is as well for us um, I mean I don't know what the conversion rate uh, um, it's called Durums in Dubai the money 
Yeah, it's drums. Drums. I don't know what the conversion rate from tail is, but to pound, it's like 11 mm -hmm. or 12. It's something ridiculous right now. So that 320 tailor to me is like 30 pounds, 28 pounds or something like that. But to people yeah. in Turkey, that's still 320 tailor. Like, that's a lot for a kit, man. That's like me yeah, paying I mean, 320 pounds for a kit. I feel like uh, third kits should definitely be left out from for the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, they create like three, four designs and yeah. put it on the you know Fenerbahce's, uh, I don't know, Instagram polls or whatever they do with it. And let us pick, since, you know, in the end of the day, we're paying for it. You know? Exactly. I'm going to be wearing it. So which majority has uh, the numbers and get it? And the other three, the concept designs can still be released. Mm -hmm. But on you know uh, limited edition items like you know two thousand of them or like you know, what they, one thousand nine hundred seven of them could be you know yeah they did something similar when um, a kit where they had So's Musaso's name upside down because he kept scoring bicycle yeah. kits that was a cool yeah. limited edition one um, but yeah the kit's growing on me at first I didn't like it um, now it's kind of growing on me and I want it because I want to add it to my kit collection mm -hmm. I I have a furniture kit collection which uh, is kits, so shirts. I want to collect all the shirts from the year I was born, basically from 1998, which is, I think, the same with you, till yeah, I whenever I collect kits. I have a lot, like, I had five, six jerseys, but uh, a couple of them I wore a lot, and they basically went out of shape. And, uh, <laughs> They're like good. one of them... It was Go a on. gift, and I wore it a lot, uh -huh. and the badge color is gone. Oh, okay. but it's at the end of the day, for you, it's still meaningful, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's I I collect jerseys, mm -hmm. and, though I collect two teams jerseys. I don't I don't get any other jerseys, but uh, but My... uh, I mean, Go on. home and away jerseys are cool, but I don't know, third kid, maybe a bit more time, you know, maybe a bit. Time. Definitely. I mean, um, my favorite kits from my collection. I've got the nineteen ninety, no nineteen ninety nine one, and then I've got the two thousand and one with number nine on the back, which I think was Serat Akan at the time. That's a cool kit that I like as well. I've got a long sleeve one that has number three on the back, which was Logano's number. Uh, that one I'm yeah. sure you would like as well. Um, and then another favorite of mine is. The black one, the black shirt from 2018, I want to say. The uh, wait, 2018 black one was it Ali Court's first stint with us that year's jersey? You're saying it might be, yes. It's a blue, blue petrol, petrol, uh, navy or something. That was, I think, that one. The Ajuno was wearing that one, Fanarbache's win win company or something, right? No, so it's not like a navy, it's actually black. Okay, then it might be. Let's have a look. Which one was that? Uh, it's it's black and golden, right? It's black and a bit golden. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, I remember that jersey. I don't yeah, think I like I, that. I, I, and I think it's way before. It's it's from two thousand and sixteen, the third kit from two thousand and sixteen. It's, it's with uh... Van Persie, and it was actually the year when we last had Vitor as well as coach. So that's yeah, nice. it was the Dick Walcott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, I remember now. Mm -hmm. When we started the season off with yes, Dick Avocat and then No no sorry, we start it was Ritor's last year and then Dick Avocat came in. Is it? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep, that yep, that yep. year where we had Van Persie and uh, that squad. 
of the the hundred year jersey, That's... the the golden one. That, I want to get that one. I don't have that in my collection as well. I really want that one, man. That's, that's the, my the double-sided jersey. kit. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. That that kit is amazing, man. And um, yeah, another one of my goals is to get the blue and white striped kit with Alex's number on the back. I don't know why. When I see that blue and white striped kit, I just think Alex. Isn't that kit like Alex was wearing against a Sivaspor match, or was it against Karabük match, where uh, we lost 2-1, 2011, 12th season, I think, and uh, he basically was trying to he scored one, but then he was trying to dribble and he lost the ball, and we conceded, and he was wearing that jersey. I don't know why I remember. I'm getting flashbacks now. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. I'm having a quick search as you were saying about. I couldn't find anything. It might be. Uh, but I don't know that shirt just it just reminds me of him so I want to get one of those as well there's so many shirts I would want everyone man every single one yeah me too I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge shoe fan and like a jersey fan mm-hmm. I know living in Dubai it was very hard to come across Fenerbahce jerseys nearly impossible unless if anyone from Turkey is coming to Dubai that I knew could have brought me but as a kid, I had like a couple of jerseys. But when I grew up, the the first jersey I got was uh, what was it? 2016. I got my first Fenerbahce jersey as a grown up because mm-hmm. that was the only time I actually met a person that was coming from Turkey to Dubai. Yeah. But yeah. That's wow. awesome, man. I mean, like I said, the third one from this year is growing on me. Um, what do you think about the no stars by the way on top of the patch? Um, I'm okay with it, but it feels a bit weird, you know. Maybe I'm just too. It's like you know, seeing your girlfriend like for 20 years blonde, and then she just decides to go brunette for a <laughs> yeah. moment, and then you're like, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, it I mean, the personality is the same, but yeah, a bit different. Uh, and you know what I don't like about it is a lot of teams are taking the piss that we took it off because we don't have the fourth star yet. Whoa, uh, we're but we're literally a few seconds away from it in two hours. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a long one, we, man. It went by very quick, and we covered yeah, a lot of things. But, um, uh, this, uh, this is the first episode, and I must say, um, t- guys, this is the first time me and Sam have, like today, spoke to each other. Like, obviously, we texted before, but this is the first time we spoke to each other. And honestly, I'm talking to him like he's been my friend for how many years? There's like an instant uh, connection here. It must be a friend yeah. which I think. We're like Xavi and Iniesta. We communicate without talking just by looking. <laughs> exactly, bro. You and your little Barcelona references, man. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I, I tend to do that a lot. Yeah. You know, see, one side, you know, you know, when they say, like, if you cut my wings, it's going to bleed, like, you know, blue and uh, yellow, right? Uh-huh. And the other side is Blagrana, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool that you have two teams, though, man. It's like, um, if one's doing bad, hopefully the other one's doing good. I can't imagine yeah, and you. Yeah, they're both too bad. Exactly, so. I was going to say. I can't imagine you what they, what they do, what you're going to do. Instead of both too bad. How's Barcelona started the season of so far, man? Oh, uh, no, as good as I mean, Fener. A bit shaky, a bit shaky, but you know, I hope we'll we'll, we'll get around. I mean, obviously, with the loss of Messi. Loss of Messi, Griezmann's gone, and uh, we are facing Bayern Munich in Champions. Oh my goodness! Uh, then there's Bayern. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I have supported the wrong FCB. You know, it should have been FC Bayern Munich. <laughs> I don't know how do I get to Barcelona, but yeah. Yeah, man. But um, 
it's it's been a fun fun uh, episode, man. Thanks for joining Definitely. me as well. Definitely. Thanks for being a part sure of it. Sure thing, man. Sure thing. My pleasure. My pleasure. And hopefully we can do the same thing next week with um, a new, another win to talk about. Maybe some yeah, new definitely. transfers. Hopefully we'll, we'll definitely catch up again. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, that's pretty much that, I guess. All right, guys. Uh, you, have, you have a great day. And everyone watching or listening, have a great day, great week, great uh, month, great year. Great uh, decade, <laughs> great life, <laughs> yeah, great, great hundred years, century. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Thanks to everyone that uh, listened and was a part of the podcast live. Thanks to everyone that communicated with us and chat, you know, interacted and whatnot. And if you guys also feel free to ask questions whenever you want. Um, yeah, it's been a good first podcast episode, man. I'm happy with that. Thanks, guys. <laughs>